Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla. And we're just excited that you've taken part of your day to be with us. Um, hey, if you're catching us for the first time or if you haven't listened to our podcast in order, this is actually going to be a follow-up to the previous week's podcast. Uh, we've been talking about intentionality. Talked about how important it is in marriage for couples to be intentional about building and growing their relationship and establishing healthy patterns. Last week, we talked about the first C of our three C's of being intentional. We talked about creating a vision for your marriage. Uh, Carl, real quick, how would you summarize the importance of creating that vision? Well, I think when you think about all of life and when you think about an area where you want to accomplish something, you want a goal, you want a purpose, you want a plan. And I think in so many areas of our lives, we do that. You're going to go to school, you're going to get a job, you're going to, you want to do these certain things to achieve whatever it is. But in marriage, very often we find the person we want to be with, we get married, and we sort of just start off. And there's, I think for most of us, we're not overly intentional or intentional at all about thinking, what kind of marriage do we want? You know, what's our vision? No marriage will ever be the same as any other marriage. So each couple has this unique opportunity to be the one and only of, of of their their marriage. And so what do you want that to look like? And so we talked about just being intentional, deciding what your vision is, and then that will help really as you filter through life, like what do we want to do? What do we not want to do based on does this fit with what we want to be? What's our vision? Yeah, and I think the big danger of not creating a vision is you tend to coast and you start to drift away. And before you know it, Either you've regressed in a relationship, you just haven't moved ahead at all. And, you know, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're at, very beginning, somewhere in the middle, even as you're coming maybe into the last years, you need to still have a vision of what you want your marriage to be like. So that was the first C. So today we want to cover the next two C's. And the first one is connecting. And there's really twofold there where you want to connect. One you know, we are, we're Christians and we believe that God created this incredible relationship of marriage and that marriage works best when we build that connection to him. That spiritual intimacy is one of the most important aspects of your marriage relationship. But before we can ever be spiritually intimate with each other, we need to build that spiritual intimacy with God that one thing that makes Christianity unique is it's all about a relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And just like with anybody else, that we've got to spend time with somebody. You think back to when you first met the person you ended up marrying, the way you got to know them was by spending time with them and connecting with them through conversation, through doing things together, through sharing, through listening. So and that's fun. And that's... <laughs> And that's what we need to do with God. Uh, Carla, you, and I've often said this, and I've said this to countless times that I know I've spoken, and it's your discipline in building that relationship with God. 
how have you, what's sort of the pattern that you've had to build that relationship? Well, I guess, um, and again, there's no formula to this, so please don't hear or think that's what I'm saying. As Johnny said, a relationship, a deep relationship, when you think about it in a human perspective, in the same ways in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, is built on time together and knowing Him. And the only way we can know what God has said about Himself and what is truth is revealed through His Word. And so, you know, for me, that's been a pattern, thankfully, most of my life to really daily be in God's Word. And the more I know it, the more it aligns my mind and my heart with what's truth. And the more I see Him as He's revealed, the more that connection to just getting a glimpse, I guess you would, of, of who He is. And so... You know, I feel like that's critical in our our walk with with the Lord is that we have that kind of pattern in place and and or we're moving to it, you know, toward that to wanting that to be a part of our daily lives. Yeah, I like the way that you said that your way it's not necessarily going to be the same as anybody else. You know, we talk about how every marriage relationship is unique and so is every relationship with God. There's basics that are going to be a part of everything, every relationship. But how you connect to God may be different than even what your spouse does. A great resource that I know that we've used before, and uh, we've used it in studies, and we're actually working on some other material for it for a retreat and a seminar, is that idea of Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Pathways. And it doesn't matter how you do it. What's important is that you find your way that you can connect with God. Because to be the husband and wife, and this is where it's so crucial in a Christian marriage, to be the husband and wife that God's called you to be, that's impossible if we're not really connected to God in a vital, growing, healthy way. I mean, that is that is so, so true, you all. And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I don't really, I'm not into all that, or I don't know that I'm a Christian, or, you know, I'm not so certain about all this— I think I've said before that truth is truth. And when when God tells us principles in his word about relationships and the way we treat one another and the way we talk with one another and all these things that are true, they, those principles will work even if somebody is not a believer. Now, our our desire is that somebody would come to know the Lord because then you walk in the total fullness of the understanding of that and God working in and through you in your marriage. But these principles really are are going to work because it's truth and it's the way it's supposed to work in a relationship. Yeah, and the big difference with believers is the the things that God calls us to do because the Holy Spirit lives within a believer, the Spirit of God, He empowers them to do those things. Yes, and I think that is... That's that's such a obviously huge key because when you think about it, marriage is hard. I mean, marriage is two people coming together that have different desires and and we're selfish and we want our own way and we generally think we're right. I mean, I know I do most of the time. I am, yes, but you do. but that's a different point. But um, 
And then we we butt up against one another, and we and God wants us to learn to extend grace to want to love when we don't want to. And so there are so many pieces for believers in a marriage that we know, as we talked about the why marriage, that this is this is a lot how God's going to work in our hearts and lives is through each other in our marriage. Yeah, and there's no doubt that when we look in our past and we've talked about it in some previous episodes that what we needed to be for each other only came about because of our relationship with God. It's through pursuing Him that I know with me that He just showed me how selfish I was, that He showed me I wasn't loving you the way you needed to be loved, and it wasn't because of anything you tried to get me to do or you tried to change me, even though you did. Oh, no, 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 I did try to change you. Yeah, but it wasn't because of that. No, that actually backfired. Yeah, that actually did. That sort of pushed me away. But as it is God, as I really sought Him, He revealed to me, how wrong I was and really not loving you well. And I think you've shared before how, you know, you realized that you had to, as you sought him, he showed you he was the only one who was going to satisfy those deepest needs. And when you understood that, it freed you up to love me with that unconditional love that God gives us, which really spurred me on to change. Yes, that, that was a total freeing, awesome thing in my life. So, so really one of the first connections here, then we talk about relationship is, hey, make sure you're connected to God. Make sure that you're spending time with him in the word. Maybe it's uh, listening to different sermons, pastors, uh, you know, Bible app. Podcast. Podcast, yeah, like this. <laughs> um, but, you know, even though we would always point you to the word, not Absolutely. to any individual what they say, but it's God's word that's truth, not what we think of it that's truth. And spend time in prayer. And prayer is just that ongoing conversation between you and God that you talk to him like you would another person and then you spend time listening to a spirit. So that's the number one aspect of connecting. And the other one you got to be intentional about is just connecting with your spouse. And we always talk about sort of those three areas of intimacy, spiritual, emotional, and physical intimacy. And if you're not really being intentional about connecting to your spouse in those ways. That's what really marriage is all about. Let's be honest, is that intimacy. If you aren't focused on building that and using different tools to do that, your marriage just isn't going to be everything that God created it to be. And I think the challenge is life just gets in the way of this sometime. And that's where, quote, the intentionality comes into play because it's like anything else. You can think I'd like to work out every day or three times a week or whatever, whatever you're thinking about. If if you do not say and schedule and think about and plan and use some different ways as reminders to make it work, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And the same thing, couples live together. They do some surface communication. They do schedules. They do what's happening, the weather, the kids, the money, the car. And yet, really, they may not have emotionally connected on a much deeper level. And and sometimes life ticks away, and you realize there have been days, if not weeks, and we've really never had any kind of depth of conversation. 
Yeah, I know earlier on we talked about communication one-on-one, and so often when you're not intentional, so much of your communication revolves around those, those surface levels, sort of that level one and two. Hey, what's going on today? What have you got? What's your schedule? What are the kids doing? And if you're not intentional, you never get to those deeper levels where you're sharing your your fears, your dreams, your struggles, sharing what's going on with you so that you know what's going on with each other and can really build in that relationship. Um, you know, we talk about those three key areas of intimacy, spiritual, emotional, and physical. And I think most people have probably heard the principle and it's we've seen it in action that if your spiritual and emotional intimacy isn't growing the way that it should, then the physical intimacy is never going to be. That that physical intimacy is really, as you've said before, sort of it's the cherry on top of the relationship. It's really the byproduct of growing emotionally and spiritually intimate with each other. And so many times when you think of physical intimacy, you know, you're like, okay, well, that's check. You know, we're doing that. Um, But there's a big world of difference between particularly just engaging in sexual intercourse, sexual being together, as opposed to that really becoming a very intimate piece of your marriage and it's an incredible whole area to talk about. But one which of which we will sometimes. Yeah. Which one of the things though is and we say to couples like like you just said, it's the cherry on the top. You can't have this incredible, passionate, intimate sexual relationship if you are not connected emotionally, spiritually, you know, certainly when we're talking about two believers in a marriage. And on the flip of that also if there are issues around emotional, spiritual things, it's typically going to start to show up in the physical aspect. And so many times that's sort of your thermometer as to how things are. And but, it can get freezing, trust me. Yes, it can. And you don't, you know, and that again, though, is is can be a sort of wake up to say, wow, is this, you know, what do we have going on here? So, but it is, it's a piece of it. It's a critically important piece, but it's a piece. Yeah. So when we talk about connecting emotionally and spiritually, I know that's, that's a word that you've always, I think you probably always use it in our marriage. As I've said before, it take, took me a while to figure out what that was. I might've come up with the word. I, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Um, but what are some tools and you know how do I connect with if I'm out there and I'm thinking I don't know how to connect my wife spiritually I don't understand her I don't I, how do I do it what would you say to husbands out there Are you saying spiritually you're talking I'm emotionally talking emotionally talk you about said emotionally spiritually. Okay. okay I meant emotionally okay. we'll talk about spiritual in just a second Um emotionally just a couple of quick tips To me means you seeing me like really seeing me really hearing me about what's going on on the inside of me and that's none of that level 1 level 2 schedule mess that is you know how how are you feeling about work what are you, what's going on in your life? Are, are you struggling with anything? Are you excited about something? What are you dreaming about? Are you anxious about something? You know, share with me something that's more internal with you. And so when you have time to ask me, tell me what's going on. How can I pray for you? What do you need this week? You know, some of those questions we've talked about. 
Um, and we can go into more, uh, depth later on that. But just some of those that really set. I mean, think about when somebody turns to you and says, what's going on with you this week? And what can I do to help you? Yeah, what you want to get beyond is sort of that perfunctory, like when you're walking down the hall and say, hey, how are you? And it's just, oh, fine. And, and most of the time it happens because they know you really don't want to hear it if you're not. And I think one of the key things, and we've talked a lot of this about in our seminars and such, is this whole idea of, I think, date night it is a great oh, way yeah. that once a week, once every two weeks, and I know it's hard when you got kids, but that you get away from all of them, get out, go. I mean, we used to go to the Dairy Queen for our date nights. One, because it was really cheap. And, um, yes. and just sit and talk about each other. I know one of the things we often talk about, we encourage couples to do, don't talk about your finances. Don't talk about your kids. Don't talk about work. Just talk about each other. Yeah, sometimes that's sort of our directive to them. You can't talk for that one hour you go to the Dairy Queen or wherever you go. It can be a short date. But just let that be about you all. Talk like you don't have the kids. Talk like you talked when you first met and you were learning one another and you wanted to hear what was going on. But don't talk about the biggest problems, issues you got going on. Go a little bit deeper into that. Really kind of hear each other. And let's then talk real quick about building that spiritual connection. We know that really revolves around building that relationship with God, and that as you pursue Him together, it doesn't mean you're always reading your Bibles together, praying together, but as you pursue Him individually, that's going to draw you closer together. But there are a few things that we can encourage you to do, and just a couple of quick tips. Uh, Number one, pray for each other, and ask each other on a regular basis, hey, how can I pray for you, and then follow up on that. Uh, I think another thing is do read a book together. Read a good book on marriage together. Read a good book on other aspects of the Christian life together, and then talk about it and share your insights. Share what you're thinking, what you're hearing, what God's teaching you in that. And then finally, I think one of the great ways for us, and then we want to move on to the last C, is that idea of finding a place to serve together. And that may be for you and I, we found it leading a home group, and then we've carried it on with this ministry. Maybe it's teaching a Sunday school class together. Maybe it's going down to work at, you know, the homeless shelter together, serving meals at the, where, at the, where there's a soup kitchen or somewhere. But find somewhere that you can do something together. That's sort of the key word there. Yes. And that's kind of a cool thing. And sometimes, again, as life happens, you end up both kind of doing different things many times if you're not intentional about thinking about what do we both have a passion for and what would we both like to do? All right. So we've covered two of the C's. We talked about the first one, creating a vision for your marriage last time in the last podcast. We just got through talking about the importance of being intentional about building those connections, both with God and then with each other. And the last C is cherishing. And this is a definition we came up with that we use in our seminars. And this is especially, I think, for guys, because usually if you ask a woman what it means to be cherished, she knows guys are sort of clueless when it comes to the idea. So y'all bear with me. Let me just read this to you. It says, to cherish your spouse is to see them as they truly are, the lovely and the unlovely. It is appreciating and honoring the unique person they are while encouraging them to be the best version of themselves. It is noticing and celebrating the excellence you see in them to everyone else. 
It is guarding and protecting them from anything that might harm them or your relationship. What is that? How can I cherish you? Talking to me? Yeah, yeah talking to me. Talking to you. Um, well, I think um, the idea that, again, I'm seen, I'm valued, you see me as a treasure, you see me as something to protect, to care for, to not, I, I love the idea of not letting any harm, in essence, come to me or something that would be harmful for me, you trying to protect me from that, but also anything that would come against us that would not be good for us. So when you think about somebody loving you and treating you like this incredible gift of such great worth and value, I mean, how incredibly awesome that is to give that to our spouses and how how just awesome that is to enjoy that in one another. I can think back to one of the times we've gone to marriage counseling, and this is just <laughs> one of those things that just sticks in my head that the counselor was sharing, and he suddenly pulls out two cups, and one sort of the 10-cent dime store mug you get. You can go get it at the dollar store, so I guess it's, it's beyond not 10, 10 cents. Yeah, they're a yeah. dollar now. Sorry, aged myself there. A dollar twenty-five. Yeah, no, isn't that crazy? Um, and the other one was this just beautiful porcelain teacup. And I just remember him saying, he says, Johnny, you're the $1.25 mug. Carla's this precious vessel, and she needs to be guarded that way, and she needs to be taken care of that way. And you're treating her like the $1.25 mug. I've never forgotten that. And then I still had to learn over the years, how do I cherish you and value you for who you are? And hopefully I've gotten better, even though I know I still need to grow in that. You have gotten better. You have. Uh, and I think... I'm certain there's always room for improvement. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but, no, but you, you remind me yeah. of that too. Um, and I think here's the key, and we've talked about this before, similar, we talked about the love tank. This is where that communication comes in and being direct, being intentional, and asking your spouse, and this goes both ways, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, how can I cherish you? How can I show you what do I need to know, what do I need to do that shows you how much I value, appreciate, and treasure you? And then listen to them. Yeah, because sometimes we think we know what that is, and it may or may not be what we have in our mind. I think the other thing I would say to any any of the men that are listening is sometimes when you say, as Johnny said, you say the word cherish, they might, that may not resonate with you. But for men, a lot of times the thought of when do you feel important? When do you feel special? When do I make, when does your wife make you feel like you're it? You're the guy. And so wives think about maybe ask the question in that way about what makes you feel so important. How do I do that to you in, in our marriage? Yeah, one quick little hint there. I think a lot of it, because I know this with me, and I'm sure it's different with different guys, but just the fact when you notice the things that I've done. 
Yeah. When when you notice, you know, things that I should be doing anyway, but you show appreciation for that. And then those few times when I might surprise you and do things that were unexpected. <laughs> well, after I faint, then I get back yeah. up and then I say, and, wow, Johnny, that is and, awesome. Yeah. And that's part of being cherished. And, and so much of it with us is you just recognizing me for who I was, letting me be that and celebrating that and allowing God to really perfect in me where I need to be perfected. I know we got to go, but I want to say one last thing, if I may. You may. If you're listening and you're thinking, I'm not being cherished by my husband, I would challenge you to say, you lean into God, you lean into Him being for you everything you need, but you begin to try to cherish your spouse regardless of whether they're reciprocating right now or not, and just see if God might begin to do an amazing thing. It's pretty crazy how it can break down barriers when somebody feels like they are truly being cherished. Yeah, if you go back and listen to the definition I read, there's that one part that says encouraging them to be the best version that they can be. And that is a huge part of what you did for me and you keep doing to me is appreciating the way God made me, but then pushing me, sometimes shoving me, pushing me to be the best version of myself. And you've learned to do that in a way that doesn't slam me down. It doesn't attack me, but it's more of a sense of I love you and I want you to be the best and I know you can do this better. So if you feel like we're not there, like we weren't there like forever, amen, so don't be disheartened. But again, sort of see this as a challenge, and God, how can you move and how can you work as I learn to really look at these three ways of being very intentional and see what happens. Yeah, and I, I just really believe that when you make a commitment to create a vision, to connect with each other on every level, to connect with God, and then to cherish your spouse. And that's a thing you learn how to do with your individual spouse. Man, God can take marriages that are on the rocks and bring them back to life. He can take marriages that are good and make them greater than you can ever imagine. Man, trust God to do what he says he wants you to do and what he wants you to be. Folks, again, hey, thanks so much for taking time to be with us, and we will catch you later. Next time.